The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. I am Natalia Abrams, and today I am joined by Cody Hunanian and Sabrina Callison. We are the folks at the Student Debt Crisis Center, and today, yet again, we're taking over for the Leslie Marshall Show and discussing all the recent developments around student debt, and specifically the big case heading to the Supreme Court next Tuesday. Uh, so with that, I want to bring on Cody and Sabrina. Good afternoon, you two. How are you doing? Doing great. Happy to be here again for the Leslie Marshall Show and talking about what is going to be a huge news story over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And Sabrina, our managing Thank director here at Student Debt Crisis Center. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with you both. And then I'm also really excited about our special guest today. Yes, we have a jam-packed show with our good friends and partners at the Student Borrower Protection Center and Young Invincibles, and we'll get to them in a second. But first, I think we want to recap what has been going on and where we're at since last month's show. Um, so, Cody, you want to give us a brief overview of how things have been going? Yeah, well, last month we took over the Leslie Marshall Show and it was really an hour long uh, education on what a uh, fight for student debt cancellation in the Supreme Court looks like, how we got here and, and what to expect. So, you know, just to quickly summarize, uh, the president uh, took executive uh, action to provide up to $20,000 in student debt relief per borrower with federal student loans uh, in a historic action to tr try to help repair the damage caused by the pandemic uh, and um, you know, really help borrowers and families across the country recover. Uh, two cases were filed. Well, many cases are actually filed, but two cases have been filed and sent to the Supreme Court trying to block uh, his action. We believe they're, they're quite mer meritless, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, over the last month, since we did our, our last show, uh, advocates, legal experts, former lawmakers, uh, dozens of organizations have submitted uh, their arguments and support to the Supreme Court through these briefs uh, that lay out why we and hundreds of organizations and millions of Americans feel that the president's plan is legal and that we need broad student debt cancellation. So now we have uh, uh, the cases coming up just around the corner in less than a week. Next Tuesday, February 28th, we will have oral arguments at the Supreme Court to initiate uh, these cases really in, in earnest. And right, we have some great guests, so I don't want to ruin what's coming up in the next few segments with what's going on at the rally. But Sabrina, I know you've been working a lot with our Free the Degree Coalition, which is a group of college students across the country that care deeply about student loan debt. Do you want to uh, let us know kind of what else is happening across the country? And I think right, folks have already been taking action before Tuesday's hearing. 
Yeah, we're really excited about this. I've been seeing it on social media um, the past few days, actually. Um, we've been seeing folks taking on-campus action. So I saw yesterday that the Oregon Students Association and also a few days ago, the Rutgers students on the New Brunswick campus have been doing tabling on their campus. So they're just trying to really bring awareness to the issue of the student debt crisis. Um, but we've also heard from other folks in like Arizona and other parts of California and other states who are also looking to do rallies, teach-ins, and just different events on their campus to really um, spread the word and get folks excited for the 28th. Um, I'm excited about the 28th. I'm also excited that, again, I don't want to give anything away, but Kristen um, from Young Invincibles is going to talk about the work with young people um, that she's been doing, and I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, but I think it's just been really great work, and it's always exciting um, to see um, all of these young people really taking action. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, we know that while we're so happy that young people are taking action, we know that this is not just young people, right? This is a multi-generational issue and it's impacting so many people. Um, Sabrina, not to put you on the spot, but can you share a little bit about, you know, your family situation and how much this is, I think, not beyond multi-generational, this is impacting so many families too. And, you know, your story just always speaks to me on that. Yeah, so I think whenever I think of the student debt crisis, we always look at it as an individual thing. But in my case, my family is eligible for up to $50,000 of student debt cancellation. So that would be $20,000 for myself, $20,000 for my sister, and $10,000 for my dad, who has Parent PLUS loans for the both of us. And so it's a collective issue, not only in my family, but for so many other families across the country. And so we should definitely look at it um, from that perspective and continue talking about how student debt doesn't just impact borrowers who have student debt, but it impacts those around them and their communities as well. Yeah, and I know that, uh, Cody, you too, I, just from knowing you for so many years, have a similar story. I, I always remember you talking about how, you know, not only did you take out a loan, but your parents and your grandparents, correct? Yeah, I mean, it should not be... Uh, uh, mistaken, this student debt crisis that uh, we're all facing is a multi-generational issue that impacts people from all backgrounds, from all ages, all races, and all political persuasions, which is also important. My family, my story is similar to Sabrina's. I'm a first-generation college student, and my parents were refugees from Armenia who came to America and really believed in education as a force for good, as an opportunity to improve yourself and give your family really a future uh, and access to the American dream. And when borrowers and students are crushed by student loan debt, it prevents them really from participating in the American economy and, and realizing that dream. So I'm looking forward to uh, these events that we're seeing across the country, to the stories we're seeing published in the press, and to folks who are going to be advocating on, the, on February 28th, because we're going to hear from folks from such diverse backgrounds, from diverse experiences, from all ages, who want this plan to be secured and need relief. And so we at SDCC have always felt that borrower stories are the most powerful and potent tool we have to impact change. This court case and the, the days and weeks ahead are going to be the most visible opportunity for people to share those stories and to be heard. It's a really exciting time. Yeah, I've been working in this space for over a decade now, now going on actually 12 years. And, you know, this is the time. It's not that Tuesday's the day, that, but this period of time, the fact that 
the president of the United States declared that all borrowers deserve some sort of debt relief through debt cancellation, and then to see that get shut down and head to the Supreme Court. All borrowers should be watching this, and frankly, all Americans should be watching this. On our last show, we had Mike Pierce from Student Borrower Protection Center talk about how you know this impacts all of us because the law is clearly on the side of borrowers, and you'll hear us say that a lot through this show. There is absolutely no reason that this should be going to the courts, but it is. So on the other side of this break, we're going to start talking to you about the People's Rally, which Student Debt Crisis Center is a co-sponsor of. So is Student Borrower Protection Center and Young Invincibles. After this break, we're going to be bringing on Kristen McGuire, the executive director of Young Invincibles, and just an amazing person. You are also lucky that you get to hear from her today. And we're going to let you know how you can take part in the People's Rally if you're close or near D.C. or, frankly, anywhere on the eastern seaboard. And then also how you can watch at home both the rally and the oral arguments. Um, because, like I said, we should all care about this moment and be watching. And then we're going to have to wait and keep the pressure on. You know, we've been telling you that every show, it's so important to show how much public support we have on our side. And spoiler alert, we have it, but we have to keep showing it and keep showing up. We know it's a lot to ask, but it's making a huge difference. We wouldn't be here without so many student loan borrowers sharing their stories. And overall, just Americans finally caring about this issue that's been a crisis for so many for so long. In the next segment, Sabrina will explain who Kristen McGuire is yet again, and we will go into more about young people and the rally and different ways that you can take action. With that, I really appreciate, Cody, you being on. I know you're going to come back and join us in the third segment. Thank you both so much, and let's get ready to go to break and talk with Kristen right after this. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. Uh, this is Sabrina Calazans, and I'm joined by Natalia Abrams from the Student Debt Crisis Center. Uh, we're taking over for Leslie Marshall today and discussing all of the recent developments around student debt. And I'm super excited to introduce Kristen McGuire, who's joining us. She is the executive director of Young Invincibles, the nation's largest young adult policy and or advocacy organization. Kristen leads the charge to amplify the voices of young adults in the political process and expand their economic opportunity. She's a bold change maker who has dedicated her life to ensuring that the most disadvantaged populations have a place in our democracy. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sabrina. Well, as a young person, and I know we're all young here, but as a young person, I'm just really excited about all the work that you do at YI. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, a quick joke. I also created a new uh, level at Young Invincibles, and it's called Young at Heart Invincibles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so as you mentioned, uh, we are a young adult policy and advocacy organization uh, really looking to advance economic opportunity for young people, uh, which is why we're here today across multiple issue areas. But here on Higher Ed, when we think about uh, what would help uh, advance economic opportunity and reduce the barriers to uh, higher education and receiving a degree, student debt cancellation is, is very high on the list. So that is why we're here today. Uh, our organization, again, walks works across multiple issue areas on access to affordable health care, higher education, uh, workforce finance, and civic engagement, really trying to ensure that our policies create a situation where young people can kind of step into that American dream that we've all been promised. 
Yeah, I think that uh, one thing oh, that... Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Sabrina. Oh, sorry, Natalia. Uh, one thing that, you know, for me, I always like to ask people, like, how they got in- involved in, in this work. Um, is it a personal um, experience with student debt? Is it interest? Like, how did you get involved in the student debt space? I would say uh, community organizing overall, I think I was born into it. I, I don't know that I've ever done anything else. Every every job I've ever had, had had some aspect of people mobilization, power building. When it comes to student debt, I, as a, a college student entering college, and I think your story, Cody's story, first generation college student, my mom always told my brothers and I, you know, go to college so that uh, she, she was a blue collar worker, right? She worked at General Motors in a factory and she always told us, You want to be able to work with your mind uh, because physical labor, your body will give out on you at some point. So she really pushed us to go to college. Uh, Again, my mom, my parents were divorced. My mom raised us on her own. We had a plan. Don't borrow more than $20,000. Our plan there was that that was the cost of a car. And if we could pay a car note, we could pay back student loan debt in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, That's because we didn't have all the information. We didn't know that we didn't know how to pay back the student loans. We didn't know it wasn't as simple as paying off a car loan. And so what ended up happening is even though I was making payments, um, I did default. Uh, and I now owe over $50,000 when I originally borrowed about twenty-two, $24,000. And I've, I carried a lot of shame over the years uh, because I thought it was my fault. Um, and what I realized after joining Young Invincibles is that it was actually a systemic issue that my story was not unique. Uh, all of you have shared your stories. This is something that impacted not only me, but but our whole family. Um, and now I am on a mission alongside Student Debt Crisis Center and Student Borrower Protection Center and many other awesome organizations to kind of fix this for other people so they don't have to experience what, what I, you, Cody, and others have, have experienced. I'm just absorbing that, Kristen. I, um, you know, speaking as somebody who deals with some health issues. You're, that's something I kept telling myself was I couldn't rely on my body. I had to rely on my mind. And you have a good mama uh, for many reasons, but definitely for that. And and she didn't steer you wrong. The system steered you wrong, right? And it, student loan debt is much harder to pay off than any other debt because of all the complexities and loopholes. Absolutely. Um, I know that at Student Debt Crisis Center, we got our start a decade ago working with Young Invincibles. So you're an amazing organization working on uh, don't double my interest rates. And it just makes me think of how far we've come. And at that time, both groups promised that we would not go away until we saw debt canceled. And here we are continuing to fight for it. Um, As someone who constantly works with young people, how do you see this impacting young people specifically? BSU student debt, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. So, you know, young people face a wall of uncertainty, um, especially after a brief period of relief uh, with the aftermath of the president's uh, debt cancellation program announcement. Uh, Everyone, we kind of all had this collective sigh, right, of relief, of celebration. Uh, We had this, uh, the the student loan repayment pause, and, and then it was extended Um, And now it's extended again. And so what we're doing is young people are finding themselves in limbo right now, unsure of what month to month budgets will look like, what expenses will look like, if there will be another extension, will cancellation be struck down? And those are the types of things when you're you're thinking about being a young adult and really trying to get yourself started, uh, it delays some really serious life, uh, life decisions. 
studies are already showing that borrowers are putting off uh, traditional financial milestones like buying a home or getting married or starting a family, all because of the stress of student loan debt. And I believe that we can all collectively agree that we shouldn't have that type of stress and pressure from trying to receive a higher education to, to now where we're having folks not starting families or purchasing homes. That is actually the opposite of telling first-generation students that they should go to college if we intentionally put barriers in place that prevent them from doing the very things that we encourage them to do in the first place. Um, and that's why student debt cancellation yeah. is so important. You know, it it's giving folks that that push ahead, that bump, you know, that we need. We talk about centering equity, having equity-focused policies. This is exactly that. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I know that Natalia mentioned YI is going to be one of the groups um, joining us at the rally. So what can folks do to take action with you all and what should they do on the 28th? Sure. So uh, on the 28th, come to the Supreme Court, hang out with us for a very peaceful and joyful celebration uh, in support of student debt cancellation. If you can't make it, that's fine. Uh, you can send a postcard with your words of what student debt cancellation would mean to you. We will deliver them for you. We will display them in front of the Supreme Court. And you can even participate in that digitally. Um, and I'm sure uh, you can find us, Young Invincibles, on Twitter or Student Debt Crisis Center on Twitter. And we can send you the link to participate digitally in that action as well. Um, and really just sending message of support. Um, we have folks uh, donating pizzas and sodas to really support uh, the hundreds to possible thousands of, of people coming to support student debt cancellation. So uh, any way you'd like to support, we would appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kristen. We really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, we'll be right back after this short break with Aisa from the Student Borrower Protection Center. This is the SCCC takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Stay with us. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. This is Cody Hunanian uh, from the Student Debt Crisis Center team. Uh, we've had Natalia Abrams, our president, on the line, and we've had uh, several special guests joining us today to talk about where we are at in our movement to cancel student debt. So now, now we have Aisa Conchola Banez from the Student Borrower Protection Center, an ally of ours for many years, um, and also someone who's got a ton of experience in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill and elsewhere, making a big difference. So Aisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Cody and Natalia. I'm very excited. Yeah, well, before we pepper you with some questions about the Supreme Court fight for student debt cancellation and the People's Rally, uh, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about your experience, uh, both as a student loan borrower and as an advocate and organizer, you know, working to address this issue. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, currently I am with the Student Borrower Protection Center. We are a nonprofit organization with, you know, the sole focus on um, alleviating the burden of, of student loan debt. And we work through advocacy, policymaking, litigation strategy, um, you know, to really kind of rein in some of the systemic, you know, industry abuses that we've seen, you know, historically um, that have really driven and exacerbated the crisis um, and, you know, push for policies that protect borrowers, that center borrowers, 
as the, you know, borrower's humanity and their dignity. Um, and so, you know, super excited to be a part of this movement and, and similar to, to Natalia, as she had mentioned, you know, having been in this in this space for nearly a decade now, it's kind of crazy to just see um, how much progress has been made um, in this fight. And I think it's solely, you know, it has so much to do with the fact that borrowers have really stood up and, and spoken out and shared their stories on, on how this, you know, crisis has impacted all aspects of their lives. Um, and I think that has really driven a ge this generation of policymakers to to finally address this as the crisis that it is um, and with the urgency that it requires. Um, and so none of that could have happened without the millions of folks who, you know, have have stepped out of the shadows, who refuse to see their debt as as something that they did and, and demand their policymakers to respond with policies that will help drive economic mobility and make sure that we are the country that actually, you know, a, a college degree is actually fulfilling the promise of the American dream. And Aisa, uh, for those folks that are listening, um, Aisa has been doing such amazing work and working tirelessly to help us pull the, this rally together to help the collective us. There's so many great groups. You know, and I want to ask you about that in a moment. But I just know this this isn't your first uh, rodeo with organizing, Aisa. You and I both were doing work separately. We didn't know each other then in California a decade ago. Um, so tell us a little bit about your organizing history and what brought you personally here. Yeah, no, thank you for that question. Um, similar to um, to some stories that were shared before from Kristen, like, I don't remember a time when I wasn't an organizer. I remember my first labor protest and picket, I was two years old with my parents who are labor organizers and union stewards to this day. Um, you know, I kind of grew up knowing that, you know, our communities are stronger when we when we stand together. And um, so that was definitely something that I've kind of grown up with um, and have always kind of taken with me and in, in my in my career, you know, thus to, to this point. Um, but yeah, as, as an undergraduate student, um, I was a first generation, you know, college student studying here in California um, at the California State University, really at in the, in the height of the economic crisis. Um, and so we were seeing public universities divest from public education. Um, and it was falling really on, on the backs of, of students and on, of, on families. Um, in a state where historically, you know, California has been seen as like the beacon for affordable higher ed. And we really saw states kind of move backwards in in, in that promise during those years. Um, and, you know, in that same year, I was, a, you know, an undergraduate, a sophomore in, in college, and I very suddenly lost my father. And so my family went from, you know, a, a two-parent household where we were, you know, on a on a relatively strong economic footing to, you know, being in crisis, right? And I just remember a, a very distinct conversation with my mom thinking through like, is this, do I have to take a step back from my studies? Um, and just having that conversation with her and, and really her stressing to me that like getting my education and getting my degree is the investment that I need to make in myself and in my family and, and in turn in my community. And I just hold that conversation so close to me because I know it was really hard and because you know Pell Grants and, and other grants were not barely covering as much as they should have, I had to rely on loans um, more so than I probably 
would have needed to if if my dad hadn't passed away so suddenly. So, you know, this had been something that really drove me to 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 organizing and advocacy as as a student um, as a student leader across the California State University. And um, it ultimately sent me to my first trip to DC and where I saw a lot of folks writing policies that had no idea really how these these policies were actually being implemented and felt by people um, in community. So I knew I wanted to, to, to be working in, um, in policy, but try to have an, an organizing kind of background um, kind of doing, doing that work. So now here we are planning ahead a, one of the most historic moments for the movement for you know student debt cancellation um and it's it's been really powerful to see just all of the organizing that's that's led us to this moment yeah um that's powerful it's amazing how long uh, you can know somebody but not know their full story that's one of the reasons i love bringing our colleagues and friends onto this show um, it's so powerful and I just there's so many threads that are similar in your story and kristen's story and all the stories we hear it's just life happening, right? Divorce, death, health issues that cause us to have to borrow in the first place. I know so many people that like plan things out and exactly what you talked about happened to them. And then you shouldn't have to go into default or go into huge amounts of debt just for college. And I just to keep like buttering you up, not that I have to. I, I also know you did a lot of work with um, Representative Presley to kind of, I feel, get us to where we are today. Can you talk a little bit about the resolution that led us to where we are today? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Congresswoman Presley is a, a leader in, in this space, and I had, had the, the honor of, of working for her and, and helping to serve the constituents um, of the Massachusetts 7th. And I think, you know, over the last few years, we've really seen members of Congress kind of put their organizing hats on and think through innovative ways that legislation can act as an organizing mechanism um, to apply pressure and to move the needle on an issue. And this resolution was was one of those, you know, mechanisms um, and I think has really kind of shed light on how members of Congress can be kind of activist legislators. Um, and so this resolution um, really kind of underscored the legal authority that the president has to cancel student debt. Um, and this was, I wanna say it was far before President Biden was even elected, you know, that, that we were trying to kind of- No, uh, November 2019, 20. I think maybe elected. It maybe it was a November, 2020, but it was before he took office. Yes. Um, but to really just educate folks on the fact that the legal authority is there, it's crystal clear. And, um, you know, we saw organizers, student loan borrowers, allies in community reaching out to their members of Congress and, and pushing them to, to co-sponsor this resolution. And up until I think, you know, the beginning of, uh, or the end of last Congress, it was at nearly, you know, over a hundred co-sponsors across the Senate and, and the House. Um, which means that 100 members of Congress also agreed that you know the president has the authority to do this, um, and and should should do so you know by executive action and without further congressional congressional um, congressional action, and so you know that kind of momentum and ongoing kind of advocacy from from elected officials and members of Congress also you know really helped to. Um, apply the pressure to to President Biden to, to ultimately come out with this historic announcement um, 
and and bring us to to the moment that we're in today. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great segue. I mean, it, we've heard it. We've heard from as student borrowers, as advocates, and even policymakers, we've all been able to make an impact and push this movement to where we're at today. Uh, so before we go into the next segment here, I do want to just underline, we are at now a pivotal moment. And so maybe, Aisa, you can just take a second to uh, remind folks what's happening at the end of this month. Well, in a week from today, uh, less than a week from today, uh, where, what are we looking at? Yes. Well, in six days, we will have the People's Rally for Student Debt Cancellation. Um, it will be in front of the steps of the Supreme Court um, from 8 a.m. Eastern to around noon um, while the, the judges are inside the court kind of contemplating and engaging in oral arguments. Um, you know, we will have hundreds, several hundreds of borrowers, of allies, of, of advocates and, and movement leaders out in front of the steps to really kind of come together in one voice to really affirm that President Biden's debt cancellation plan is legal, it's just, and it's necessary, um, both for the millions of borrowers, over 40 million borrowers um, <laughs> in our communities. So yep. please folks come out and support. Join us, yes. yes. Yep, and uh, we're gonna get more into that in the next segment. We'll be back after a short break. This is the SDCC takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is the Student Debt Crisis Center takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm Natalia Abrams, joined again by Cody Hunanian and Sabrina Calazans. We just had a great couple conversations with some of our great partners and friends, Aisa Banez from Student Barber Protection Center and Kristen McGuire for Young Invincibles. Wow, right? I mean, it's just so important. And there's so many great people that are working on this uh, rally. Sabrina or Cody, can, I feel like we're not mentioning all the partners. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to list them all today, but like, so who are some of the other main partners that have been working so diligently for the last few months on this rally? I mean, there's so many. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, NAACP, I'm thinking of move on. Um, and Cody, feel free to jump in. There's just so many. <laughs> AFT, the teachers unions, AFT, yes, NEA. Yes, NEA, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I lost count, but well over 30, right? Cody, you've been really handling a lot of that. Dozens of organizations, and there's a million names, but I, I to summarize it, we have folks that are civil rights groups. We have folks that are teacher and labor unions. We have folks that are representing uh, consumer rights organizations a diverse showing of people from many spaces and from many backgrounds and from all over the country are stepping up to defend the president's student debt cancellation plan. It's really a sight to see. Yeah, and I think the whole, or I don't think, the whole point of that is to show the collective nature of how this impacts all of us. You know, we are a co-organizer. There's, this, this would not be able to be done to drive out hundreds, if not thousands of people like Kristen said alone. and. I think it just speaks, you know, working in this movement for so long, it's through the collaborations and all the coalition work that we've done that has gotten us here. You know, there was a cancel student debt coalition. Before that, it was higher ed, not debt. Before higher ed, not debt, it was a listserv of just people talking about how they wanted to help student loan borrowers and address the student debt crisis. So I just know that I wouldn't even want to be doing this work if we weren't able to work in collaboration with such great people like Kristen and Aisa and all those partners that you mentioned. Um, 
we have so many people asking us, you know, I can't make it to DC, what do I do? So Cody, can you talk a bit about where people can view the, uh, view the rally and all of the great speakers that will be speaking there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're not one of the many hundreds of people who gets to be on the ground that day, the next best thing is to be able to watch the rally hear from elected officials, from advocates, and from borrowers who have the same experiences as myself and Sabrina and others who have shared their story today. That's going to be on our YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube and search for Student Debt Crisis Center. Uh, we will have a live feed throughout the day so you don't miss a second of these great stories and voices and calls to action to really help push this uh, debt cancellation plan across the finish line. So really excited about that. Please join us online if you can't join us in person. And, you know, as we keep saying, it's not over on Tuesday by any means. In, in fact, this just starts a whole new chapter. What, you know, Sabrina, I know you're a student loan borrower. You're both student loan borrowers still. I am one of the lucky ones that was able to pay it off eventually. But what are you feeling right now with like payments potentially being turned on? And, and if you can just explain to the viewers who, when payments will be turned on. Yeah, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it will be um, either June 30th or 60 days after um, a ruling by the Supreme Court, whichever comes first. Um, so we, there's still some time, um, but I think as we get closer and closer, um, I'm starting to worry a little bit more and more. And I think other folks kind of feel that way as a borrower. I know that as an advocate, like I, I always try and have a positive outlook, but I think it's important for us to bring our, our personal um, perspectives as well. And so like as a borrower, I just think, you know, the cost of living has just like increased, like things are getting tight for a lot of people. And so I, I think I have that in the back of my mind. And I think so many others and their families like have that in the back of their minds too. And so I think it's important for us to, as you said, continue pushing past the 28th and continue to have those conversations. It's important for borrowers to voice their needs and, and how they are being impacted by student debt because we know that something needs to happen. We need action to take place. And we know that student debt cancellation is something that would provide relief to my family and to millions of families across the country. And that's why we're fighting so hard. And so I think that's kind of how I'm feeling um, heading into the rally, but I'm also really excited because I feel like student loan debt can be like an issue that where you feel so alone and it feels so individual, but we're going to be there as a collective with groups of people who kind of know um, what it is to have student debt or to know how their family is impacted by it. So I'm excited by that show of force on the 28th as well. Yeah, and look, at Student Debt Crisis Center, we have stood by for years now that payments should not be turned on until debt is canceled. And I agree with you, Sabrina. I am going in very positive with the Supreme Court. But there's also that little voice that, you know, I worry about the partisan nature of the court. And so if we don't get the resolution we want, as we will keep fighting to keep to make sure that payments are off. But it's this double-edged sword that borrowers obviously are concerned and we need to be prepared because there's a good chance that come mid-September, you know, even with, all, you know, actually, I want to scratch that. As long as we get loud enough, I think we can do something about it. And I, I yeah. will say that the intent media scrutiny, the public support, 
especially since the COVID pandemic is more than I've ever seen on this issue. And so I think we are going to see some huge paradigm shifts for student loan borrowers. But again, it has to be that we keep showing up because that's why we've gotten to this place. Um, it's, it is historic. We've heard these terms thrown around. They're not being thrown around lightly. I never, you know, with all the hard work, I did not think that we would be in front of the president of the United States, let alone the Supreme Court. Um, and Cody, I know you've been working in this space alongside me and so many others for so long. How are you feeling coming up on this historic day come Tuesday? I have been working on this issue for a long time. It's been almost a decade. And um, what I can say is for those who've been following our work and a part of this movement for as long as I have or for the last few years, it can feel like it's been a long, slow process. But over the last few years, momentum has been building in our favor. We went from before the pandemic, debt cancellation being a pipe dream to being an actual policy that the president of the United States has executed. And now we actually have the opportunity to defend it in the courts and make sure that it actually is executed and happens for borrowers. So I am very optimistic, but to just underline, I think where you were, what you were trying to, to get out, Natalia, is regardless of what happens at the court, our movement continues. We still want to fight for additional debt relief for borrowers. There will be millions of people who still have student loan debt that we need to advocate for. So this moment is a pivotal piece of securing the president's plan and our movement beyond just this singular plan continues regardless. And so I hope people are energized, they're excited, they're optimistic uh, about what's gonna happen later this month. And they can use that to motivate them to continue to fight for so much more and so much, uh, so much other uh, policy reforms that we support and will continue to support in the years ahead. Yep, just like we said that we weren't going away when we didn't allow the interest rate to double, we are not going away now. And it's, for me, it's the student loan borrowers always and they are front and center. And that's the great thing about this rally. So you're gonna be able at the rally, this is either watching from, from the comfort and warmth of your home or on live in front of the steps, you'll get to see lawmakers speak, but more importantly, you get, you'll get to look student loan borrowers in the eye and see, their, see and hear their stories, um, which is, I know drives all of us. We all talk about that. Um, you know, it's not broad-based debt cancellation, but we did see a lot of people and see the joy when they got forgiveness through public service loan forgiveness, and they saw their debt canceled through that. Just today, we had two borrowers write us to say they saw over $100,000 wiped out of their account. And I just, to those people that write us and share your good stories, that is why we do this work that we do and that motivates me every day to keep doing it and we have a lot of debt to cancel even beyond this and a lot of work to do but i think you're hearing from folks here that we are moving full steam ahead in a way that we didn't think and i mean i'll throw it to you sabrina because you're newest to this movement but I, I think even you've seen changes since we first got started for sure i feel like when you know i got involved in all of this I didn't really know how big of a crisis this was. And I think from then to now, also seeing my peers talk about it, you go on social media or you're reading a book or you're watching a movie and they'll mention student debt. And I feel like that didn't used to happen before. And so I'm definitely seeing the shift and it's becoming part of a national conversation. And I think it's, it's you know, about time that we actually have this conversation yeah. and take action on student debt. 
Well, you too can become part of the national conversation by joining us Tuesday, February 28th at the steps of the Supreme Court or go to Student Debt Crisis Center on YouTube and watch our live stream uh, or follow us on Twitter at debtcrisis.org so you can follow along live with the day. This is Natalia Abrams joined by Cody Hunanian and Sabrina Kalazans for the Leslie Marshall Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you at the courts.